Good Monday morning, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and this is Real Talk with Keith Smith. It's great to be with you. Thank you kindly for joining us on a gorgeous summer morning in downtown Charlottesville, Virginia. Today's program presented by Yes Realty Partners. Find them online, yesrealtypartners.com. You know, with that fan blowing, and we'll show Keith in a matter of moments, don't put him on a two-shot yet, it gets the, the, the dew looking really nice. Is my hair blowing? Vol yeah, <laughs> voluminous and blowing in the wind. I mean, like movies, focusing movies, on numbers movie star-esque. Movie star-esque right now. I'm focusing on numbers. I know, I'll, I'll give you 60 more seconds. I'm focusing I'll kill. on numbers, and you, you do that in my ADD. I, I know, I know, I'm sorry. I, Dude, I've been really? told not to do this, I know. Really? Uh, all right, 60 seconds more of a one-shot as 60, Keith is crunching some numbers. Seconds. HOA, I'm looking at HOA. Keith is going to give you datas, a date on HOAs, 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 and upzoning. You saw the post I did last week on upzoning and how this could impact HOAs. While I think that's going to be undoubtedly the case, here's the challenge. Find some inventory in an HOA neighborhood right now. There's your, your conundrum. There's the, where the rubber meets <laughs> well, the road. Uh, we're going to look at that in the middle, but, you know. You know All right, why don't we welcome Keith Smith on a two-shot <laughs> so we don't have a voice of God over here. You're on the show now, Keith. Am well, I on the show? Look at that stuff. I've How's my hair? It looks is it good. blowing? Yeah, it actually is blowing. It looks good. Well, I'm trying to figure out. Look at some quick SFD, single-family single family detached. Uh, HOA sales only, uh, 2023. I went back as far as 2018. So it's very interesting, but it's kind of following the normal track that we've been seeing year over year. The, the, I, didn't, I didn't do the rate percentage ratio drop, but there was only 18 year-to-date of single-family detached HOA sales in the city. Last year was 31. There you I go. haven't figured out what the math difference is, but I think that's tracking the normal drop that we've been seeing year of over. Of sales in general. Sales in general, right. Interesting, um, the medium sales price was flat. Okay. Six, six, got a six in front of it. 626 for this year. Wait, hold on one second. If you purchased a home in an HOA neighborhood, in the city of Charlottesville. Had a six in front of The median price of that house, Judah Wickower, is in the 600,000s. Put that, put that in perspective again. 626 last year was 627, so we'll call that flat. That's huge fine. jump. Not huge, but a, but a pretty substantial jump between 21 and 23. 2021 was 536, now it's 6, 626. But it's interesting, uh, 22, 21, 2019, and 18, we're all in the 31, 33, 32 number of units sold. So that's been pretty consistent. Uh, it's been a drop. I do want to take a look at what 15 looked like real quick, so I'll let you kill a second of air time while well, I go ahead and take a look at what 15 so here's like. the curious play um, and frankly I know of one community which I'm, I'm not going to mention that's HOA already um, because of upzoning the curious storyline we are following closely upzoning is likely very much a reality now after this past Democratic primary that saw Bob Fenwick come in dead last. And Bob Fenwick's platform was, frankly, anti-upzoning. Natalie Oshrin came in first place. She's very pro-upzoning. Michael Payne came in first place. He is very pro-upzoning. Lloyd Snook, who was getting lukewarm on upzoning, came in third, which surprised some people. Now you have a council 
where Natalie Oshran and Michael Payne and a Juan Diego Wade are going to push up zoning through. The question is, is it full momentum, full throttle? After this past Democratic primary, I think you're going to see it pretty much full momentum and full throttle. It's, it, it'll get approved. The, yeah. the, the question happens. The question at, is, at what extent? Nah, there might be a little tweaking, but I don't see a lot. Of, okay. I don't really see a lot. A lot. Because Lloyd was trying to pump the brakes on it, and Bobby Fenwick was definitely trying to pump yeah, the brakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, the voters I, said no way. Yeah, yeah. So I, I look. I, I think, I think you're going to see whatever tweaks they do are going to be minuscule. The question is, will it have any impact? We looked at this thing before the show started. Today we had. 60 new homes come on a week going past. I took a look at it a year ago. Uh -huh. Same week a year ago was 101. So, you know, that's a substantial percentage drop. Uh, interesting, back to the HOA question. Um, it's tracking everything we've been talking about. This is a 15, 16 volume market. It was 22, 24 units sold. We're at 18, so that's pretty darn close. But Get ready for this, folks. 2016 was 375 was the median sales price. So between 16 and 23, it jumped over 300 grand. Like, can we say that again? This is a oh my god. So between 2016, which had 24 units sold in an HOA. So this is SFDs, single no family new, detached, no new construction, right? Because we're taking. We're taking attached out and condos out because they're already been, they're already more than one unit. 100%. Right? So we're trying to figure out. That's very logical. I agree 100% with that. We're trying to figure out if the HOA is going to impact one way or the other. So um, 375, 826. The thing is, is there isn't that many HOA communities. Yeah, I'd in, say there's like 10 to 12. Yeah, but I'm talking about out of 50 thousand folks or how many rooftops? Yeah, 50,000, call 50. Well, it's folks. With the students. But rooftops, you know, is a different different number, which I can't recite off the top of my head. Um, That'd be a great number to learn. And that's, if we had the time, we that's an easy number to find. Sure, we'll, GIS. We'll dig, that's exactly right. We'll dig it up. But, I, you know, I just, I, you know, it was the conversation we had with, with Lloyd. I, I don't really see a huge impact in, in changing the inventory. I, I really, really don't. But Can you give me that stat again? The HOA appreciation from year, what year did you use? So I picked 16 because that was close to volume. Okay. So 2023 SFDs was 18 units sold. This is year to date. So this is from January 1 to 626 to this very moment. Medium sales price was 626. 626. <laughs> Studio camera. Studio camera. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. You come sit down. <laughs> oh, this is cahoots. Come Neil Williamson, down. ladies and gentlemen, in the house. We love Neil Williamson in the house, the president of the Free Enterprise Forum. A random drop by here, which we absolutely love. This guy can do it anytime, and a man of his word. Keith, you got to show it to the viewers and listeners. That's top shelf right there. That is top shelf from Neil Williamson. Neil Williamson pays his bets. Are we going to go to the crystal ball camera? Uh, I don't have the crystal ball uh, camera. Okay, so you got to hold it up. I can hold it up before. There it is, right there. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Neil Williamson, a man of his word. We were literally talking about upzoning and zoning ordinances, and Neil Williamson walks in. Keith and Neil had a bet on when this would be approved. Studio camera, J-Dubs. I love these men. I genuinely say this. I love these guys. Well, 
I'm happy to be on the summer edition of Real Talk without Keith Smith, because this bet has been difficult to pay off because of guest hosts. <laughs> that's true. The man is a world traveler. It, yeah, everywhere he goes. Where, where, whether where it's it not St. Martins or Seattle or Charlotte or where did you go, Papua New Guinea? New York. Where where'd you go, uh, Australia, Manhattan? Hold on a second. There you go, Real <laughs> Talk with Keith Smith. Neil Williamson brings in a bottle of bourbon. Should we wet the whistle or is it too early? It's a little early. For okay. So. <laughs> you said that with a little bit of doubt in your voice. No. I, I Good to see him, you, Neil. I thank you. Uh, thank you for whistle. covering for me when I was gallivanting. Uh, you, I appreciate. I think that. there was a bit of a schedule snafu. Yeah, I'm going to put it on uh, Keith over there. Yeah, there was. But yeah. we figured it out. Um, Neil Williamson. The the voters have spoken. Natalie Ostrand gets the W. Michael Payne comes in second. Surprisingly, Lloyd Snook comes in third. Maybe not surprising to a lot of people, Bob Fenway comes in dead last, and dead last by a lot. Uh, Cooper in fourth. First, your thoughts on the Democratic primary, Charlottesville. Uh, anytime you look at the Democratic primary, you've got to think about math. Um, you vote for three people, up to three people. You can vote for less. Judah's trying to help you. No, the, he you, doesn't have his hearing aids in, Judah. You, 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 uh, you can vote... You can vote for up to three people, but you can also vote for just one. So finishing first, second, and third sounds like you voted for one, and you really didn't if you look at the detail in the vote. So it, it is um, – I, I have been of the opinion that, um, as a nonpartisan, just an observer, um, that Lloyd Snook and Michael Payne were going to be reelected. Same. Um, that did being you, did said, did you think the math was going to end up that way? I, I don't pay much attention to the math Got on it. that. I, but saying that, if that was the case, you had the votes you needed for the up the upzoning to occur. Um, I may disagree with Mr. Smith a little bit. I, <laughs> I think there's going to be um, significant changes as we move forward. Specifically, I think you're going to lose the double density for 100% affordable housing. Um, I think that provision will go away because it speaks to what Mayor Snook was talking about uh, and the neighborhood uh, integrity. Uh, so I think th the other part of that is the math doesn't work. We had nonprofits coming forward saying we can't make it work. We need some affordable, some regular units to subsidize the affordable or we'll go out of business. So I think you're going to see that go away. Um, we'll have two work sessions next week. Um, I believe it's Monday and Wednesday of next week, um, or maybe it's Thursday, the 5th. Um, but it is, uh, it is a ongoing saga. Um, one thing that I can say for certain, the zoning ordinance will not be passed by June 19. <laughs> I think I think that's safe to say. It's June 26th My right now. My mustache is super his, safe. His mustache is safe, hence the bottle of bourbon right here. That's damn good bourbon. Yeah, yeah. I, I opened up and smelled it. I, it's, it's awfully I tempting know, I, to take a sip. Should we wet the whistle? Did I ask that question you already? You asked that question already, okay, and I, I don't want to... Okay, we're not wetting put, the whistle. We're not wetting the whistle. I do not want to put Neil in a bad spot. Bellamy Brown, welcome to the show. Hey, Carly Bellamy. Wagner, hello. Kevin Higgins, hello. Brittany Gray, Lisa Custolo, Aaron King, Johnny Garver, Jen Finazzo, Nikki Chambliss, Lonnie Murray, Sarah Hill Bachensky, Kerry Griggs, Jason Howard, Patty Zeller, Juan Samieto, Andre Xavier, Jamie Turner. I can continue. 
All welcome to the program. Thank you kindly for joining us. We're talking Charlottesville, and we have two pillars in this community. Neil Williamson, President of Free Enterprise Forum. Keith Smith, President. What's the title? Co-founder? Yes, Rolly Partners? I have no idea. Uh, I can't hear a damn he word. All I hear is his He fan. listens to Yona, <laughs> Yona Smith, quite a bit. That's, there, there we go. That's his title. Upzoning. Talk to us, Keith Smith. Yeah, so I, I, I don't... I think maybe my words came out a little bit sideways. Of course it's going to get tweaked. The bottom line is it's going to get approved. It's going to get tweaked a little bit. But the conversation we had with Lloyd was very interesting about the ratcheting. I don't know if you caught that part, that part of it. So that was telegraphing at least to me that, look, they're going to get it done. They're going to implement a couple of small parts, parts of it, see how it goes, and starts ratcheting it up. I'm going to talk a little bit about what Jerry and I talked off air I can't give any specifics, but since that show, and I actually got two appointments tomorrow. Listen looked, to this. Listen I, to this. I've looked at six properties for six separate different clients, and all of them are not going to proceed with either turning SF single-family detached into duplexes or do two or three units for multiple reasons. So here's what he said. We had Lloyd Snook and Bob Fenwick on the show, very well-watched show. Since Lloyd Snook and Bob Fenwick came on the program, six individuals contacted Keith Smith about upzoning potential and pursuing an opportunistic entrepreneurial development potential with upzoning. He is the word finding property that is opportunistic is difficult. Is that fair? Yeah, I'm not so sure I like the word opportunistic. But, what would you but, say? How would you say? But Entrepreneurial? Finding the parcel and the setup that actually works to fit the zoning ordinance is going to be extremely difficult. Well, I, I think that speaks to the design for the zoning ordinance. Um, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is there are setbacks that have to be met yeah. and the number of units that can be in and how much of the land it can cover. That being said... That actually is a bit of a, um, uh, a governor on this upzoning engine. Yeah. Um, as you may recall, I mentioned that I was in March at a breakfast with the uh, economists from uh, the National Association of Home Builders. Wow. And he was talking to us about the market in the world. And I asked him, because I, this was percolating, um, has this been done elsewhere and do you see wholesale change? And he called out, uh, I think it was Nashville, and Nashville put forth something like this, and he says, no, it's one lot at a time. That's exactly right. And what happens is the, the consultant has suggested it could be up to 1% of the housing of the lots converting each year. Um, this economist and the retired economist who was also at the breakfast table said it would be about half that. It will be a half a percentage of the parcels on an annualized basis. To me, that's an evolution, not a revolution. Oh, God, that was brilliant. I'm going to steal that from you. I love, the dude is, is good at words, Neil Williamson. An evolution and not a revolution. On top of that, as headwinds, labor market, very expensive. Cost of goods, we talk to our developer friends, as do you, still expensive as all get out. Give Neil the stat you offered from 2006, HOA neighborhoods in the city of Charlottesville versus 2023. Neil, this, this will so take you aback here. 2023 single-family detached, what I wanted to do is look at what has sold just in HOA communities. In Eight, the city of Charlottesville. City of Charlottesville. 18 units, 626, medium sales price. And I'm, I'm, I look at the market more like a volume-wise of a 15-16 market. So in 16, it was 24 units sold pretty darn close to 18. Median sales price was 375. So it's a huge, huge, huge but, but, delta. But 
How does that compare with the overall market? Uh, pretty on track. Pretty yeah. much the yeah. same. So, yeah. I mean, you're not, and it's and, not an anomaly. And, right. and it's not an anomaly to HOAs. And that's yeah. what we were, that was the point yeah. I was trying to make, yeah. Yeah. that this is tracking literally the same thing if you put it all together in a more micro-macro yes. setup, right? A micro setup of a macro market of Charlottesville that um, it's tracking about the same thing. That's what I'm saying. I think this is 2015, 2016. I'm trying to take a look at how many housing units are in Charlottesville at this point. You wouldn't know that number off the top of your head, would you? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a number on, on air because that would be uh, a guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and saying stuff on air may lead to bottles of bourbon. It, it, it happens. It, it does happen. Uh, my friend, you've gotten some sun. Were you playing Green Hills recently? No, but I will be on Wednesday. Okay. Um, but, no, I spent 10, 11 hours on a zero turn cutting my new property. Oh, very nice. Very nice. How is the new abode? The new abode is fabulous. The old abode is available for you. Okay. It's on the market for sale. It is on the market for sale. If you're looking for a fantastic property, Look at you, huh? there's one in Green County. <laughs> Look at ABC. you. ABC. ABC. Always be closing. Look Neil at Williamson. you. What, what? Always be communicating. There you go. That's Always what we all do well here. Yeah. Um, give us some knowledge here. Open-ended, anywhere you want to go, stuff you've written about, stuff you're following. What storyline should the community follow? Um, I am tracking uh, some change at the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors with regard to um, cell towers. Oh. And... For the longest time, I've been doing this for over 20-some-odd years, and for the longest time, Albemarle's uh, cellular communication position has been more towers that are shorter. Well, there was a realization at a meeting recently that a taller tower means fewer towers, which means higher coverage. And what happened was there was a public input session, and one of the tower professionals said you know if you let us go just 30 more feet we can get you 90 percent more coverage well the consultant heard that and said you know let's fact check that and sure enough 30 feet more gets you 90 percent more coverage from that tower that's significant you say 90 90 nine zero and so that's significant then you put on the idea that every one of these towers has to have a road and a, a transmission box and the ecological impacts of that. That and minimizes the number of towers. Minimizes the number of towers, minimizes the impact, and maximizes the coverage. My goodness, is this rocket science. Um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure this is all line of sight stuff, right? That's it, how this it, is it, supposed it, to work. I'm right? very curious what Lonnie, as a citizen, thinks about this. Lonnie, please offer some perspective on this. You're watching. Trust your opinion tremendously. Neil, show is yours. I, I believe that this is a, a change, and it's a positive change. Um, and I, I think one of the things that you have to recognize is the code as written considered cell phones, in my opinion, to be a luxury. Uh, it's 20-odd yeah. years old. It passed right before I started yeah. at the Free Enterprise Forum. And technology has changed probably three times during that time frame. And the need for your cell phone, I mean, how many cell phones do you carry, Jerry? Uh, I only carry one. Yep. I and only carry one. I have Judah's only... got a burner phone, though, for, for the ladies. For I the see. ladies. <laughs> He's got a burner phone for the ladies. Over there. I, kid, really me, I kid because I care, Judah. I kid because well, I care. But I, I do have many, many government employees carry two phones, oh, yeah. one for the government and one for, their and one for themselves, especially yeah. elected officials. Yeah. They conduct all their official business on one phone that can be FOIA'd and their personal business on another. 
I, I firmly believe that the demands from all of these laptops and, and wireless communications, it's about a safety issue. Oh, yeah. When you don't have cellular coverage, uh, one person brought up uh, from the dais the concern that, you know, say you're Keith and you're on your bike out at Walnut Creek Park and you, um, you, you, you trash the bike. Who do you call and how? Because there's no cell coverage. And does the county bear any responsibility? And this was a discussion at the Planning Commission. Wow. Is there exposure legal at, from the county if you're mountain biking? That's why I wear that. If you're mountain biking at Walnut Creek Park, which I've done hundreds of times, he's 100% right. That's where cell service goes to die. If you seriously get injured. I had this conversation with Dave Kane on the squash courts. This literally happened to him. Yeah. And he had to get paramedics come and um, rescue him. Nakia Walker did something very smart on her Facebook page. She suggested if you're ever going into a place with no cell service to change your voicemail. Like if you have 5 to 6% left on your, on your phone and you know your phone's going to die, immediately up, update your voicemail with a roundabout coordinates of where you're located. Because even if your phone dies, your voicemail stays permanent. So you can let people know that way. Nakia, I thought that was a brilliant suggestion from you. Giving you props, former Mayor Nakia Walker. Um, the other thing you can do is get it like I have. I've got an I, a medical ID tag with, with my medical chip in it. Dude, so. I never thought about that. You just blew my mind. Would the well, county no, have legal exposure? I don't think they would. No, um, no. But you also didn't sign a waiver that said death five times, such as the Titanic submarine. <laughs> but the... Um, too early, Neil. Too early. Neil. Did that one sink? Too early, oh, Neil. Jesus. The, uh, the concern. I'm a little disappointed it didn't show up in your Captain America. I role, love Neil so I really... much. It was interesting, though. The chair of the planning commission said, you know, there's also sometimes that I, I kind of like the idea of nature without a phone. And I thought that has some merit, too. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think it's a, it, it, that's a complicated question. Look, look, look at it a different way. How many people in this studio actually have a landline in their house? I, not, I do not. Not anymore. Yeah. I'm, do you have a, a, I'm a month away your, from having property? a landline. Now. Yeah. I don't have a landline. So, so back to your safety thing and your 911. So if you don't have a landline, 911 doesn't exist because it's all connected to, the, to that. That's why it'll, it'll default right to your cell it, phone. It is a... Uh, so it, has become, it has become a utility, and Albemarle has that changed their, and, they, and Albemarle has changed their positioning seemingly on that as a utility. So I'm I'm uh, I'm encouraged by that. Now I'm less encouraged. I'm still waiting. I'm writing a piece right now about uh, Albemarle's less than sunny solar philosophy. Um, they had a work session. The planning commission saw this. I think February 28th. And uh, the board saw it last month, uh, 7th of June, um, discussing uh, utility-sized uh, solar. And there was a quote that I haven't quite gotten to yet where one of the supervisors said, point blank, um, we should only generate the amount of energy that we use. Why? What's the rationale on that? That's that was a question that Jim Andrews asked in the first part of this work session. Samuel Miller District, Almore County Board of don't, Supervisors, don't, don't Jim Andrews. Get, doesn't the county get a utility tax from them? A county will get a utility tax. So if I generate more electricity, they get more tax. Um, if I generate more energy and dump it back into the grid. You have more experience with utility companies than I do. The, yeah, that's but the, that's but the, uh, the, the 
reality that I see the plant is in, in Palmar, the, the gas plant in Flavana is a prime example. Right. But the, the, the issue I see is, okay, so in 2023, you decide you're only going to produce a gazillion megawatts because that's what we use. If we grow at 1.8% annually, will we always use a gazillion or will we no, use more? More. And why would, why would, and Jim Andrews said this, why would we regulate that? And that that's, that's a real co- good core question. <clears throat> and it, it, it speaks to, I mean, they were also suggesting, the consultant suggested you could demand that it be within a mile of a transmission line. And again, Jim said, why are we want to regulate that? I mean, maybe a company has an innovative way um, and they can, they can pipe the power in one way or another to it. That's not really our gig, our job as supervisors. This is a, an ongoing process, and I'll be writing about it. That should be posting later today. Um, check it out at freeenterpriseforum.org. Um, I want to throw this in on solar. Um, this is a storyline to follow. And this, I think, is on the cusp of breaking news. I don't want to pursue it too deep. Um, multiple sources. I'm talking nearly half a dozen. Segura Solar. Yeah. Word on the street. I'm going out of business. Okay. We're talking a heavy hitter solar company. Yeah, but that's a different world than what Neil's talking about. 100%, but it's in the sphere, world. and there's yeah. a lot of people under warranty with that, yeah. with their solar I, I on their roofs. I think that's a very different topic and a very different discussion 100%. than what Neil's talking about. 100%. And, that, and that we can dig into maybe a little bit later. That's a storyline to follow. On, on, on the why and all that You're stuff. You hearing about that? I, I have heard things, but um, yeah. I've heard both uh, takeovers and uh, other changes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, I can tell you this factually because I have clients that are using Tiger to go ahead and service their Segura stuff. What that means... We'll shall see and, how that what shakes the, out. I also have folks, choose my words carefully, that we may Look or might that, not, huh? we, we that, may huh? or might, may not know. <laughs> may or may not know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, saying the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, that I can factually get back to. But I want to get back to the, back to the, I prefer the term zoning rewrite instead of upzoning, but that's just my personal preference on potato, it. Potato, potato. Pardon? Tomato, t- tomato, tomato. <laughs> this is really not fair, gentlemen. My hearing aid is picking up the fan to my left, so all I've got is this huge buzzing in my left ear. That's why you didn't need the bourbon. Uh, that's true. That's that right. I've done. Does, does anyone want to whack? Okay, go ahead, Keith. Go ahead. No, I, I don't want to play no more. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> come on, Keith. I'm going to take my bourbon and go home. Come on. <laughs> Thank you for doing that, by yeah. the way. That, that, that's a, you're a true gentleman and a true class act. Uh, to go ahead and do that. But but I want to get back to these six, right? One of the primary reasons why I would say about four out of the six didn't work was because we were looking at single-family detached and making them duplexes, right? Because we can do that. That's a great fit within the zoning ordinance. It's pretty simple as far as a, as a planning side of it goes. Fell apart because of the building side. Because now i got to do two-hour separation. Now i got to have a firewall. Firewall, thank you. That's what I meant by separation. I, I knew but that's yeah, what yeah. you meant. Sorry about that. Yeah, two-hour separation. I'm up, I'm up, I'm down. You know, am I separating first floor from second floor, left to right? I need a second form of egress. You know, all these different things. The basement height needs to be a certain height now because now you're – and they all just fell apart because the numbers just didn't work. But how long will those numbers not work? That's the question. That's a great question. So, so 
to your point, I think this is a 100% one-off, lot by lot, over time, that's going to grow. But this is not going to be thousands of units just miraculously but, happening. But this is a generational change. Generational change. I would agree with that. Uh, agree with Roger Voisinet watching the program. Hey, Roger. How you doing, man? Uh, Roger, not only a fantastic agent, mm-hmm. but a solar aficionado. I think that's safe to say. Just a good, good all-around good Great guy. guy. Mr. Woolen Mills, arguably the mayor of Woolen Mills, literally writing this on the internet he is. I have heard exactly what Jerry said about Segura Solar from lawyers and other reputable sources. Yeah. Okay, this is something to follow as many homes have solar under warranty with a business that seems to be on the cusp of either... How do you want to characterize this? So I tell you what we're going to do. How do you we're, want to characterize this? We're going to put a pin in this, okay. and we're going to invite a couple of folks from Tiger to come in and talk and talk, okay. talk about this because we'd rather have them. Roger, do you want to offer some perspective? Because <laughs> on, on Roger seems it. to know. So, what's but going I on want here. to be careful because if you have a Segura system, oh, 100. If you have a Segura system and you're having struggles getting it serviced, dude, I, that is co- that is all over the internet right now. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I, I can I've got a solution. Okay. I got a guy. You got a guy. I know a guy. The Suttons. They call the Suttons, yeah. call Tiger Fuel. They'll come in and take a look at it. I may or may not be in the same position. So I'm just telling you, reach out to Tiger oh, that's Fuel. Right. You got it on your yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So reach out to Tiger. They will come in and take a look at it. It might cost you a little bit of money. But they'll look at it. Uh, oftentimes, it. the other companies don't like to service the other companies' work. Tiger has... Uh, I, I guess the Sutton's see an opportunity there. Uh, no, I, I think they're just doing the right thing. They're good community people, and I think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. I li- I- <laughs> you like that, huh? I like that, huh? You're a good <laughs> man right there. You know how to play I'm trying the game. To, I'm trying to save you, brother. You know how to play the game, he said. All right, I'm following your lead. Keep going. I may or may not have sold a few things in my life. You, you, you know how to play the game, amigo. You're absolutely and look, I mean, I've just... You know, how long have we been doing better? on the show. This is the first one I actually. This is your won. first one. You're this the is first my first win. Won. I and, know. You know, and that was that was a huge risk for me. It was it, it was stated in January of 2022. Yeah. So you know, and if you, I'm off by a few months, so be it. When do you think it gets approved? It gets approved before the end of the year. Before the oh, end of the uh, year. November is the date I'm picking. What yeah. do you think? Uh, you, you know, I've had this game. I'm, I'm, I'm not losing another expensive <laughs> bottle of bourbon. Uh, this question's come in the mix. This is a great one for Neil and Keith. Brian, I appreciate your question here. Do Neil or Keith think upzoning will come to Almoral County? See the two deep breaths we just I did? know. He, I, he I paused would, there. I would love to say yes, but I don't see the political will in Albemarle County at this time to either increase the density or expand the development area. I I agree with that. Um, There's one candidate that is pro-increasing the density, and he's running unopposed, and that's Michael Pruitt. Nothing but respect for Mr. Michael Pruitt, who's running in this election. But it's going to take a couple of the votes to make that He's the only one that wants that. Ann Malik is being challenged by Brad Raddick. Is that his last name? Yeah. Yeah. T.J. Fadley um, is challenging B. Lapisto Kirtley. Neither of those four are going to be pro-density. Galloway and um, McKeel have already said on the show, and I believe Supervisor Galloway is watching, that until these shopping centers are full, we're not going to expand the 5%. Yeah, I think they're going to want to try to 
fix or work within the 5%. I think eventually... Wait, 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 wait. Let me finish. I think eventually that reality is going to sink in that that's not going to happen. That that, that kind of conversion is extremely costly. I'll let you answer, Neil, because I've got a a piece of... Here's the reality. It's not 5%, folks. You've got Biscuit Run Park that's 1,200 acres that is no longer a park. If it's 1%, it's a lot. It is not 5%. So the reality is not... I've been asking for 10 years. Let's have a conversation discussing when we can have the conversation. Because we know at a growth rate of 1.8. Let's talk so we can figure out how to talk. There you go. Let's have a pre-production meeting. Well, so that we know what we're going to talk about. Well, well, we have them so that you know. Occasionally, occasionally, <laughs> when you're not riding your bike prior to the program. Yeah, there, today was, was today. I was late today. That which was, was I needed to I needed to get my miles in. I've got a I've got a 210 mile race. Supervisor McKeel was in Neil's seat. Yeah, and I have the sound yeah. and the tape. Yeah, yeah. Literally looked in these cameras and yeah. said, "Until the shopping centers are full, yeah. we're not making a change." So I so can I give you my prediction of how this is going to shake out? Because it's interesting because you're going to be part of this, Neil. There's a lot of watching going on between the city and Albemarle County, right? The uh, Albemarle County Developer uh, Incentive Program. It's really interesting. I've actually had more engagement and questions from city councilors on when this is going to happen. We want to be part of it because I think they're watching it to see how that could potentially work in the city. And I think on the flip side, I think what you're seeing now is elected officials or staff saying, okay, let's see how this thing really shakes out. You know, let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's let the city do its thing. And then at that point, they'll look at it. And I think we both agree in order for this to show any forward movement in the city, it's years out. So I think, I think Albemarle County is going to be Albemarle County. They're going to try to figure out the development incentives on it, try to grow a little bit of density that way, and then they're just going to chill out and let this thing play itself out in the city. That's how I see it. We'll, well see. We'll see how it shakes out. Well, the as I've we said get on to Danville, I've said uh, he's watching. As yeah. I've said on this program before, nothing happens absent a willing property owner. Yeah. So you can point at quote empty shopping centers all you want, and tell a property owner wishes to change the use it doesn't happen yeah um what's the property is it what's the one where big lots is in is that seminal square uh big lots is now in uh the toys r us building yeah is that is that seminal square shopping no No. what's the shopping center that had the old big lots the old big lots was in seminal square yes seminal square there is plan apartment development there i got a client that was looking at space there one of the reasons this shopping center is quite vacant is the difficulty of uh, signing long-term leases because it's a planned apartment conversion. And the ones that are not being converted, you're going to be in a construction zone. So we have a very vacant shopping center. Supervisor McKeel directly pointed to that one. And and remembering the Seminole Square is actually in the city. Is Is it Seminole Square? Seminole Square is in the city. Albemarle Square, which is the one that has used Maybe to have we're the North Side Square then. Library. Yeah, I get um, those confused. That that has now Texas Roadhouse in the front. That's the AC ACAC AC one. Yes. Yeah, that and one's pretty vacant as well. It, but that's it, always. But, but it, it has ebbs and flows. I mean, yeah. it, it you had Circuit City there for a while. Anybody been to a Circuit City lately? Um, Was that now Circuit what? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> now you have Aldi in that space. Yeah, um, you had the North Side Library as a long term. 
tenant there with great parking. Now that's in a different space across 29, not terribly walkable, thank you, places 29. Um, but the idea of that converting is one that has been floated. They even, the county even did um, drive-through visualizations. And the property owner was ticked. They said, I'd really appreciate it if you talk to me before you take pictures of my property and convert it. He's got a good point. Yeah, I, I, that, I've been here for 37 years, has always struggled in some way, shape, or form. Can't tell you why, but it's always struggled. Don't but there, know there are huge wins within that shopping center. I, I, that Texas Roadhouse is busy. They're it, crushing it's, it. It's busy. And, and Chung's Barbershop? Crushes it. Crushes it. Ray Cadell, the mayor of Chung's Barbershop, might be right there for a hot shave. And I, I love get, you, Ray. And, and I get that. But to your, to your point, it's owned by one individual. Unless that individual is willing to participate in the process, you can plan all you want around it, but it's, it's more than likely it, not it, Their happen. property rights matter. Yeah. This is the same thing as you have folks screaming last week about uh, the hotel downtown. Property rights matter. Even if you don't like the person who has the property rights, they have property rights. I 100% agree. Travis Hackworth watching in Danville, Mr. Dan Vegas. Yeah, so. Um, he says this to Keith We're looking at upzoning right now in Danville, a.k.a. Dan Vegas. Planned development in county that can handle 5,000 people. We'll see how this turns out. I responded to Travis Hackworth, who's watching in Danville, by tagging Councillor Lee Vogler, who's come on the program. Lee Vogler, I believe, is watching the program right now. Sir, you're a United States senator waiting to happen, and I cannot wait to see that ride. Dan Vegas, the show is yours, boys. Yeah, so um, on the way back, we, we did a wedding uh, for my uncle Dan down in uh, Charlotte, on the south side of Charlotte, so we, we wanted to stop in Danville. I've been always been wanting to spend a little time there, so we had a lunch. It was a quick hot visit in and out, drove around a little bit. Really some neat development stuff that's going on there. It seems like they, they get it. You know, it, it does change from block to block over there, right? So, you know, this process is going to take time on it. But I'm going to try to make a, a weekend of it down in September and, and really start wander through all the uh, areas there and see what I can do. Maybe we can help promote uh, a little bit here on the show. But I want to get a, a quick eyeball. I want to get a quick eyeball on it. So um, th th it looks like they're doing all the right things from a cursory one-and-a-half-hour ride around it. Well, Jerry Thank wants you, Dan, you to, for the um, Travis for the information. Jerry wants you to schedule that afternoon on a Friday. <laughs> um, the uh, Real Talk with Keith Smith. I mean, I don't get a break. Tough time in the summertime with Real Talk with Keith Smith. Sometimes it's Real Talk with Quentin Beckham, Neil Williamson, Nick Chambliss, Neil Williamson, uh, Lee Alberson. Who am I missing over here? Kerry Griggs. I love you. I love you. I kid it seems like I a care. lot of jealousy. I, think. I kid because I care. No, maybe, maybe so. Maybe well, so. the thing, maybe so. the thing about as you call it, Dan Vegas, is there is a need for housing to house the workers. Um, I yeah. actually had uh, my uncle was a pilot and he lived in Vegas, in the other side of Vegas, that was where the majority of the folks that staffed the hotels and the casinos lived. It's a lovely, real town, not much glitz or showgirls but it's a real town and this economic engine will need personnel to make it happen very well said and it, it is it is great that the government recognizes that and is not standing in the way of uh additional housing at where we have seen some of that in other localities. Yeah, 100%. Lee so, Vogler watching the program. You are 100% doing that. I will throw this to you and get out of your way. I noticed that with our honeymoon. We went 
my only vacation I've taken in 15 years since launching this business. We came back. Nothing. We came. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Hey. We came back knocked up as well. Uh, Maui and Kauai and Hawaii. I'm good with that department. Um, the staff that were at these hotels we were staying at, and it was our honeymoon, and we got a ton of money for gifts, so we did it the right way. Sure. All right? We did it the right way. Um, the staff said there's three types of people in Maui and Hawaii. Maui and Kauai and Hawaii. There's us, the tourists. There's the obscenely wealthy and there's the staff that is barely scraping by. Sure. And the staff that said that they're barely scraping by said there is absolutely no housing inventory for us to live in. The little housing inventory we have is so expensive because we're all competing for it. So we all just end up bunking together, sleeping on couches, sleeping on fours, and doing whatever we can to survive. The fairy tale that is Hawaii may be for the one percenters and the tourists like myself and my wife, but the folks that work in Hawaii say it's nothing but a fairy tale. It's, it's nowhere close to a fairy tale. Well, the, 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 um, the discussion that we had, now it's been 15 years, was a false choice in this community, in my mind. They said, do you want to be Aspen or Austin? Well, Austin's the state capital. Um, we're never going to be Austin. And Aspen, well, they seem to have a few things that we don't. So I, I didn't accept it as, as what it is. But the big, bigger question is, how do you have a diversity of housing types that serves the public. Well, one way not to do it is to restrict the landmass that you can have housing. And so the idea of urban growth boundaries, UGBs, is to do that very thing. Restrict where development occurs because that is the best place, most efficient delivery of government services. The current supervisor's mentality is stack them up. If there's a uh, empty storefront, let's make it apartments. And if until that happens, we won't expand the development area. In fact, we'll take 1,200 acres out of it and make it a state park. <laughs> uh, you haven't even mentioned Rivanna Station. No, no, I didn't mention Rivanna Station. Took some, uh, took some away. Took, uh, half of that is in the development area and half is not. Um, we were in front of the Board of Supervisors last Wednesday speaking clearly that um, the the acquisition wasn't on the table Wednesday night. What was on the table is whether or not the county would allow private industry to locate there. Uh, a quirk in state law it says you have to have a public hearing prior to closing on the acquisition in order to allow private business to attend there. I told the story. I grew up a military brat, and my dad did two tours of the Pentagon. And we used to, on Saturday, or actually a Friday morning in the summer, my brother and I would go down to the Pentagon and get our hair cut in the Pentagon. And then go to a really crappy restaurant called the Pickle Palace and have sandwiches before my dad threw us uh, on a bus on our way home. But it was a, um, the reality is whether or not you're having the consultant tail of these large businesses and conglomerates or the Pickle Palace, private industry should be co-located with the institutional users that will cut down on carbon emissions, that will cut down on cars on the road traffic, and it will improve the quality of life for those working at, and doing our work at Ravana Station. It's, it's, in, it's interesting. Where we had this wedding south of Charlotte was a live-work-play community. It had two hotels in it, ton of restaurants, um, churches, single-family detached apartments. It was this huge setup. It was about six years old. And we got there 
early Friday, because I was off, wasn't on the show on Friday, early Friday, uh, came home late last night, parked the car, uh, and never left. Even got a haircut, because it was a barber right across the street. So it was that, and you would bump into the local residents that were actually living there, that that's what they were doing. They were living in apartments, they were working in the Class A office space, or wherever they were working in that. Does this feel more like Greenville? Because I know you've been. I'm changing gears on you a little bit. Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, that so place I know. Is awesome. I know you've been there. I've uh, looked at it. I've been there a couple of times on my vacations on that stuff. But um, uh, tell us a little bit about a comparison. Sure. We us went to with the Chamber of Commerce trip. Right. The serves. Chamber of Commerce did a discovery trip last year. Um, it really came together very quickly. I was at a board meeting on a Wednesday, and uh, my board said, "You're going to go on this trip." And I said, okay, and I left the following week. Um, the Greenville has, there's really important things to know about Greenville. Um, they've done some really cool things. They've had the same mayor for 20 years. Yeah. And he knows how to twist an arm. I mean, maybe remind me a little of Jerry, because he gets <laughs> things done. And he gets, you know, they have, they've just redone this um, park down in the uh, floodway. Imagine that, a park in a floodway. Uh, where they have soccer fields um, and a big community center. And he got, there are these playgrounds, and each one of the playgrounds is sponsored by a commercial entity. That's awesome. And they get signage. And so they, and it's a, it's a source of community pride. And they're buying, you know. I, I see our, our, our local government not doing that. Um, I would welcome that. But it's the same, roughly the same amount of people, right? It's roughly the same amount of people. No university, though, right? Uh, there's, there's Clemson's a hop, Clem skip, and a jump away. Clemson's a hot skip, and a jump away. But it's away, not in the town of Greenville. Yeah. Green and what's the small town? There's a small college that was in the town and just moved about 20 minutes outside of town. But the... Um, so we don't have that huge You don't have that UVA huge... And you don't have there. defense industries there. You do have real industries within the, the corridor. Sure. Um, you know, they, they actually build cars, manufacturing yeah. in South BMW, Carolina. BMW, right? BMW, yeah. yeah. Greenville's awesome. Greenville is an awesome visit um, and a lot to learn. I encourage folks to go to freeenterpriseform.wordpress.com and just put in the search engine Greenville, and you'll see my uh, travel log from that. This is you got a little pushback here. Um, Jonathan has this comment. He goes, now I respect where he's coming from here, he goes, I want to push back on what Neil says. The supervisors are trying to maintain quality of life here and sticking to a comprehensive plan that's been around forever. And as a result, homeowners have seen significant appreciation and value because we don't have housing everywhere to water our values down. Please break this up with Neil and Keith. Jonathan, that's a great point. And the idea that those who got in... Um, have achieved significant appreciation is important. It's also a question of, well, where do your first responders, teachers live? Your children. Uh, where will your children live? So this is really a generational problem. <clears throat> and, and I've been saying this on the show a couple, a couple of times. Um, there's this conflict between the Zen, this Gen Zs and the millennials in the real estate space and me, the boomer. And that's really what's happening. And it's funny, at this wedding, literally, you just can't get away from this stuff. That's what we were talking about. I was having people ask me about housing and, and all these different, uh, you know, related impacts on it. So, you know, dense, Neil, density matters. Neil taught me this. Neil taught me this. And I, I learned so much from you guys. 
Neil said the folks that would be the advocates for the housing can't be the advocates for the housing because they don't live here. And they don't vote here. And they don't and, vote here. And Jonathan's point that we've had this comprehensive plan forever is a very valid point. But aren't they redoing it? They, they have to review it every five years. That's right. AC44 is going on now, um, and there will be an update on it, uh, last item on the Planning Commission agenda on Tuesday night. But the... Um, so, so do me a favor. That acronym AC44, I'll explain what that is. Albemarle County 2044. It's a 20-year plan. Um, and so they are looking at it. They always, they, state code says you have to review. It doesn't say you have to change. You have to review yeah. your uh, comprehensive plan every five years. And so this is that review. The um, question that Jonathan raised was about how long it's been in place. Well, the development area boundary lines, for the most part, were drawn when Jimmy Carter was pre- president. Jerry, you remember those days, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I do not. Okay. What what years was Jimmy Carter president? Jimmy Carter was president until 1980. Okay. So this is prior to uh, my birth. Prior to your birth. Yes. A lot happened before you were born. So my Um, first vote was your first. Your first vote was in 1980. 1980. My first vote. That was your first presidential? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that was my first political joke. I sold the joke. I asked Santa for a Ronald Reagan doll. What does Ronald Reagan all do? You wind it up and it goes to the right. <laughs> still remember it. <laughs> it's still funny. I think I think your jokes are hilarious. Really? I, lo- I, I, love- I actually got a, a book of dad jokes. I, I was he gonna- weaves pop culture in seamlessly. <laughs> I love pop culture. Go but, ahead. Go ahead. Go point, ahead. The yeah. point is, we're not doing anything. Today, huh? We're not doing anything the same way we were doing it in 1979. Yeah. There wasn't a computer on every desk. Yeah. There certainly wasn't an internet, really. Judah's job wouldn't exist. That's true. Um, This This wouldn't be happening. This wouldn't be happening. Uh, That's true. And we are utilizing those same lines. Um, When can we have the discussion about how we could move the lines? And we're talking about growth for 20 years. Do we have enough room to grow for 20 years? Not if they continue to approve at the density they've been approving. We don't. And that's what a consultant study said last year. Well, th- this is not exclusive to Albemarle County. Uh, I'm sorry to say. Albemarle's I, really good at it. Uh, I'm sorry to say. I think your county's going to start adapting, adopting some of that thinking of it. Uh, well, uh, how about Chris Fairchild, Flavana? And Flavana and all that stuff. And, I, and I've been taking notes as you guys have been speaking. You guys have been speaking. Um, you know, there's a couple of cl- I do a, a little bit of commercial. There's a fair number of clients that look in the Desires Crossroads area that just won't come because there is no housing. There's no place. That, I mean, they they, they, they they won't set up commercial in Zion's Crossroads just because there's no housing. There's no there's no there's no people. Did you explain to them a Walmart yeah. and Lowe's open there? Yes. And at Walmart and Lowe's wouldn't open unless they see ridiculous potential and they're looking way more forward than anyone else government wants. Oh, but people drive to that. People are people are coming those, those from those are destinations. Those right, are that's destinations. Fair. That's what fair. I'm talking rooftops equal retail. What, what I'm, about spring No, no, what I'm talking about is businesses that employ people. Okay. okay. I understood. And the, so there's no workforce. There housing. you go. I have got you now. Okay. Yep. It, it, Maybe it I is, should take a sip of that bourbon. No, no, get now me on I understand. Track. When Ravana Station became established and DIA moved down here, there were these, I don't know what you call them, functions up there, and there were three questions everybody that was moving down had to ask. First question, what's traffic like? Yep. 
Second question, what are the schools like? Yep. Third question is how much is it going to cost me to buy a house? Yep. Because I'm selling from in a pretty hot market. Yep. And what, what can I get for my money? Those yep. were the three questions every single time. And guess what? A big company that is going to come in Those and relocate the it, they're going to ask the same exact three, the three questions. So to some of these local officials that are in these, these other counties, Yona asked me, we were talking about this, debating this with my mother and father. And I'm not really, and I love them to death, I'm not really sure where they went from being very right to left but they've changed their thinking right they're in their mid 80s they don't want anybody else to come come here they're in that kind of mentality because they've and been you're here describing that as left uh maybe maybe i'm old school because it used to be the left that was that now the right is fighting it a little bit more so i probably misspoken a little bit on this but my the point i'm trying trying to get at here if i can form a thought here. <laughs> we got a councilman from Danville offering a comment here. Yeah. You get you get to your comment, and then I want to mention Lee Vogler, a U.S. senator, waiting to happen in his comment about Dan Vegas. The point that I'm trying to make, and I'm fumbling it to get there, is that where is the tax base going to come from? And that was the question that prompted an hour discussion on the way home from North Carolina, right? So if Fulvana County is how many points uh, percentage of it for uh, residential rooftops, 90-something, high yeah. 90s, roughly, something along those lines? So if taxes are going to go up, if budgets are going to go up, and rooftops are not increasing and businesses are not increasing, my tax base is going up. And I was trying to explain that to my parents. I just didn't quite want to grab it. Here's the uh, councilman from Danville. Take a look at Danville recently approved to spur housing development and mixed-use development. We're starting to treat housing development like economic development in Dan Vegas. Travis responds, Danville, I effing love you guys. I seriously love Dan Vegas. I will do whatever you guys need to drive our influence in Central Virginia to your municipality to help spur economic development because you guys do it the right way. Travis says Danville City Council also visited Greenville, like Neil said, like Neil visited, and a lot of what is happening in Danville is a result of what was seen on that trip to Greenville. Um, so Greenville getting significant props on the show here. Lee and Travis offer more insight. I'm happy to relay it live on air. You got a lot of people watching here. What's on the uh, the break? Uh, Kevin Yancey in Waynesboro. Doesn't it amaze you guys how everything at Zion's is in the Louisa County side, based on land order? Landowners greed to sell their land on the Fluvanna side. Well, Kevin, I love you. Uh, it's tied to the water, isn't it? Well, it was always tied to the water, but if you take a look at the growth areas and you take a look at where that, Fulvana County just has a small sliver of it, and it's actually over by, Zion, uh, by the intersection of 250 and 15. So there's not a huge amount. They need to grow. If anybody needs to grow uh, uh, a growth area, it would be Fulvana County going towards Palmyra. So in fairness, there was far more developable land that was in a development area on the on the other side on the louisa side of 64 than that so most folks and, and kevin knows this there's a very he used to live at the lake right yeah, very, yeah well he knows much about but there's a small development area talk about something that needs to be expanded uh jennifer in lake monticello look i understand what chris fairchild this is what she's saying i understand what chris fairchild is trying to do but if he doesn't allow any kind of progress or development to happen in Fluvanna, we will continue to be taxed and taxed and taxed and taxed with our houses. And eventually, that's going to really gentrify Lake Monticello. Who wants to touch that? I'll tell you, um, 
We're not quite there yet, but... Over 90% of Fluvanna County's revenue is tied to rooftop taxes. My home, if you don't mind, my home is almost the same cost, cash, out of my pocket than if it was in Almar County. But, but not quite. A couple hundred bucks on Tie that comment together with Jonathan's comment and the gentrification of the existing homeowners and you end up in a house that is worth a lot more than you paid for it and you've got a great interest rate why would you move all of a sudden that ties up inventory too that's me and and here's one of the challenges of that on that desk there's a pile of envelopes because today almaro county taxes are due on our vehicles and our rooftops so i'm going to be striking a check putting it in an envelope and dropping it off at the box by the McIntyre office building where Albemarle County's government is based out of. And that check that I'm going to strike and write is way higher than what it was in 2020. Um, and, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, we, we're fortunate because we work hard. We got some resources here. But every dollar counts, especially in an economy like this when things are tight. And it's a lot tougher now. It's a lot tougher pill to swallow. It, it is, and you, this is what we talk about, folks being taxed out of their houses. And the, the concern about uh, government growth. Later this summer, I'll be producing, I think it's probably the 6th or 7th annual Local Government Spending Index, which takes the uh, spending by, of our, all of our localities and looks at it through a 20-year lens and adjusts for inflation to see how much more each locality is spending based on their own spending 20 years ago. Okay, why don't I throw this to you? So, and I, I can't believe I'm, you know, this is a testament to Lee and to Travis and to Dan Vegas. What can we learn from Danville and the Charlottesville area? What can we learn from southwestern Virginia, who, let's cut to the chase, has, some, has had some tough economic times. They're coming out of it and apply it to Charlottesville and Almar. So, so that's the key right there. They've had tough economic times. The, the local governments. You were there this weekend. Uh, it was, and and, yeah. and and I really love what they're doing. Cut to the chase. But, Lee but, knows about this, yeah, and so does but, Travis. But if you go a couple of blocks away from where they're doing it, it's not so pretty. What did you see? What did yeah, you see? Yeah, vacant properties, so forth and so on. It's, it's all abandoned buildings, right? It's a, it's a visual thing. But but we but, don't have that here. Now, and, and, and the motivation from that to turn it around is huge. Well, and so. it's interesting because... Danville has a vision. Has what now? A vision. Yeah. And um, the, I think that Albemarle County showed great chutzpah with the vision for Rivanna Station Futures. Um, I, I don't have a position on whether or not the lo local government should be in that business uh, other than to say, what if they didn't? And what if you lost Rivanna Station? I think, I think what they did was brilliant. Well, that, so well, that, Councilman Vogler that, and Travis that, Hackworth, for, that, we got to give them a heads up. Albemarle County, um, the government, you give it, give it to us in a nutshell. What a they nu did. In a nutshell, Albemarle County acquired 407, is in the process of acquiring 474 acres surrounding a military installation named Rivanna Station. Um, that uh, acquisition, half is in the development area, half is not, is for an intelligence um, industrial park basically and they last week authorized the location of private ent entities in that park um, the the rationale was that right now or at least a couple of years ago st louis offered ngic 100 acres free and that was a competitive offer now it takes a lot to move something but if you have free free is always going to be less free is motivating free 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 
free, free. Free motivates people. Free, free. Yeah, 100%. Smith, what's on that brain? Uh, what's on that brain is I wanted to go back to the Lake Monticello comment. Um, Lake Monticello, a 4,300 rooftop neighborhood in Fluvanna County for those that are watching in Dan Vegas, which seems to be quite a lot of people right now. Yeah, 16 units are on the market is active. Four of them are either two of them are active with the kickout and two are, are coming soon. So in essence, there's only 12 units available for sale. Um, cheapest is 260 285 and then it jumps up to 314 and I know because the hat I wear is the Piedmont Community Land Trust in order to hit this 80% AMI which is really a workforce housing you've got to be at the 215 225 number so nothing in there is quote unquote affordable for that kind of buyer. And I wanted to take a quick look while you guys talk on what the medium sales price is year to date. Lake Monticello, go ahead, Neil. I was going to say the other piece for the folks in Danville, uh, the, there was a study that was produced in February from the Weldon Cooper Center that showed the military in Charlottesville, Albemarle, and Green had a $1.2 billion, with a B, economic impact. And half, 52% of that came from Ravana Station. The second largest economic driver um, spies and military and defense in Central Virginia, only behind the University of Virginia. Were you on the the, land, uh, the commission's uh, strategic planning call? Did I see you on that? I was there momentarily, but I got uh, I got distracted. Uh, shiny object. Shiny object. Uh, so actually, Squirrel. I made a statement because it's public, so it's out there. That what I would like the the. Planning District Commission, which I think is a great use of funds in the Regional Housing Partnership on that, is to create a similar ROI for housing in the jurisdictions, right, to see... I think you guys are three. I'm sorry? I think you guys are in the three slot from an economic driver, real estate. You think it's more than defense? No, no. I think it's lower. You think it's lower? Uh, what I do you think, think uh, is in the three slot? Hospitality, look. tourism? Hospitality and tourism is yeah. easy number three. Okay. So, all right. I'll give them that. So, tourism, wines, uh, wineries, vineyards, breweries, weddings, tourism in the three slot. I, I, now you're 100% right, now that I think about it. Do you think they're in the four slot? Well, it depends how you define housing, but yes. Um, That's the key. The, the, what's the supply the direct, chain of housing. What's the direct, the indirect, and the long-term cost of housing? I, I very rarely disagree with you, but I think you're incorrect. I think that number is much higher, but nobody knows, right? Because nobody in, in 2000... Well, to your... What you have going in your favor is the VAR, Lisa Sturtevant, when she was the economic development. Now, she, she's at Bright now, right? She's at Bright, when right. she was at Virginia Association of Realtors, she did an economic study and said real estate undoubtedly number two in the Commonwealth behind the defense sector. So you have no, that no, going... No, 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 it was behind government. Government and defense, Which yeah. is technically defense. Yeah, so, so you have that in your corner. Yeah, look... Because tourism is a huge thing for the Look, I, I, I'm, I'm not wearing any socks today, but if I was wearing my Captain Obvious socks, not that anybody needed to know that, but uh, I, you know, this is a Captain Obvious statement. All I know is in a time of great unpleasantness, when housing blew up, yeah, it affected everybody. Took everything down. Agreed. So therefore, I'm stretching it out that I think, I think it's a way more than it, but nobody really knows. The last time it was done was 2015 with the white paper that Housing Virginia did. Between Weldon Cooper, the the the, uh, the commission, I think that's good because I think the Chris Fairchilds of the world that think housing is a bad thing doesn't have the stats, doesn't have the data. I don't think Chris thinks housing is a bad thing. No, no, Chris is focusing on quality of life. Yes, and roads, infrastructure. Let me rephrase it then: new housing is a bad thing. I don't even think he thinks that. 
Oh no! I, I wish Chris was here. I don't think Chris thinks that. I think Chris. Well, he'll, he'll come on and we'll we'll debate it. Chris but. Chris ran on a platform that prioritized quality of life, less traffic, roads and infrastructure. That was what he ran on. He's not running on a platform that hates or scarlet letters new housing. I and I and I. I feel you, you're more tight with Chris Fairchild. You've known him for decades. Three Chris, and a half decades. Chris Fairchild's my boy. He's your inner circle boy. Very But close I just want to like, you know, he's yeah. not here. Let, 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 and let, he's watches this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> uh, all I can tell you is, is the likelihood of any new developments being submitted and or approved in Fulvana County is, is about as close to zero as you could possibly 100%. get. 100%. And they, Jennifer just responds, and you'll, you jump in here, Lake Monticello used to be a neighborhood where a first-time homebuyers could come in here and buy a decent house. Now Lake Monticello is a community for the wealthy. One needs to define what wealthy is, but, but uh, it, it was an interesting article I read uh, the other day. Um, you know, there are just no more starter home developments being built. Well, you've got to redefine starter home. Correct. Because I, I had a, the first office I worked in out of college had this wonderful bookkeeper, Diane McCracken, and she said, you know how I knew it was my starter home? I didn't have to unplug the vacuum. I think that is a great description. And she could vacuum the whole house without unplugging the vacuum. And so I, I that's think... That's a size thing. That's a size thing. And what we're seeing is we know people that start their starter home and they use as their leverage point is a condo so i i um i helped uh, our daughter and son-in-law buy a house in richmond and i had to meet the security guy i told the story the other day on the show and you know just who we are we end up getting to housing right and he was like i gave up and, you know, and I can't afford it. I can't compete. And, I, you know, I got on the app and I said, look, there's a couple, what price point are you thinking? There's a couple of condos, a couple of townhomes. Just get in the game, right, and start building your equity. And he just was so deflated. He didn't want to do this. And he was getting a 20% at the end of the summer, something like July or August, he was getting a 20% increase on his freaking rent. Well, the, the, um, the thing is that when you, whether you, Define a if you define your first home as how you get on the housing ladder. There you go. And then you go back to Jonathan, who's climbed the ladder, and the ladder's grown with him. Yeah. And we've all benefited from that. But how about the person that's trying to get to that first rung? That's the challenge. You've got these gated communities going up that keep people out, not only with the gate but with the price. That's true. Talk about an interesting thing. Um, I mean, oh. to hit to Jonathan's point, though, a lot of people are buying in those areas because the rules are set, and that's why they're buying in the areas, and they don't want the rules to change in the middle of the game. It, it, and and that's very very true. We, you're you're a sports you're a football fan. You love football. I Your do. son played at Weeman Mary. Double edged sword, though. Your son played at Weeman Mary. Offensive lineman. Yes. When you're playing a football game, and the rules are this, and then in the third quarter. A touchdown becomes worth is, is start you know it's twenty one points instead of six. That's changing the rules, right? But let's change it up. Tonight's the uh, deciding game in the College World Series, and I saw a lot of different strike zones out there in the last three games. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Well, they, they got no more pitches left. This is going to be an interesting last last. Well, it it is. Game. It, it will be, it's but I, but I think the HOA question is not as big a question as. So let's some of the other questions because every real estate transaction is unique. So the re, our Amen. HOA is in there, but it is not 
in my world, the determining factor. It is a factor. What would you say to that, Keith? That's your world. Yeah, my world a little bit. I wrote a few HOAs in my life. I want to ask Jerry a question because I didn't get a chance to track all of your tweets. Yeah. So your HOA connection with the upzoning or the zoning rewrite and the neighborhood associations, I think I interpreted that you were kind of thinking that they should create an HOA. Um, I, okay. I, may, so I, may, I, I may have misunderstood that. So the, choose the reason, my words carefully because... The gentleman's watching the program right now. I'm not going to betray any trust. Well, I will I, not I, betray. I, no, no. Yeah. I, I can do this without betraying trust. And this is the interaction I have with Rory Solzenberg on Twitter. He's a planning commissioner. Just reappointed. Just reappointed, right, which caught a lot of folks off guard because there was another guy that was trying to get on the planning commission that legitimately had planning commission ties that was overlooked by council, and I'll leave it at that. There are groups of people that are trying to persuade their neighbors yeah. okay. to form an HOA as a potential protection point for upzoning. Yeah. They feel that if the HOA is created, it's a layer of protection that will still not diminish the value of density with their neighborhoods. Because if the HOA chooses to say, let's allow this density, then the HOA has that right to do it. Yeah. But the HOA would also potentially be the proverbial gatekeeper, meaning they have the choice, density, yes or no. Does that make sense? It, it does, yes. Okay, I'm trying to explain it very simplistically uh, without Do you want me to pick that apart or, or not? You can pick that apart. Yeah. Uh, so the answer of that is like less than zero that that can even happen. Well, explain. Because... Um, in order to create an HOA, we're so far down the road. Let's talk about how an HOA typically yeah. is created. Please. So if you take a look at HOAs, they're usually, they're always new developments. There's a declarant. There's somebody who took a piece of property, subdivided it, or created a condo, and created the covenants and restrictions that structured it, the rules, the regulations, and all that stuff. So now what has to happen is everybody within this geographical area, every single... 100%. I have to have 100% approval. Every... Yeah, 100% single yes. person yep. has to agree to it, sign off on the documents, go through the legal process. Oh, by the way, you've got to set up something with TPOR. Yep. There's corporations that have to be set up. The lift on it is impossible. Okay, I'm trying to do this without burning a bridge here. There literally are, and I... Oh, God, i got to do this um, Individual streets doing this. And yeah. And it can be done. Individual streets, now, meaning now, it's a much smaller pool. I'm talking to like... Ah. No, 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 I get it. So just pick a street. It doesn't matter. No, there's, I can't. I'm, there's 12 houses. Yeah, yeah. So what they're trying to do is, is small little HOAs. The, lift on, the legal lift on that is huge. And fiscal. Excuse me? Fiscal. Yeah. Fiscally. Pooling resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you have to have... So technically, it can be done. Yeah. It's a tremendous. I'm not talking like I'm not talking like this is Belmont. No, no, no where I, got, like I got it. A family got, in Belmont is trying it, to get all of Belmont. I'm talking one street. Yeah, and DPOR it. is going to jump in and say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You need a little bit." It's more already happened once. Twelve, yeah, but it was a little little while ago. It it, it, it can happen. Yeah, it I can. will I will say that uh, not in this community, but in another community in Massachusetts, my daughter has a house and she's in an HOA. Yeah, the HOA is her. And her neighbor, who's up the other side of the duplex. Yeah. That's the whole HOA yeah. in Boston. So, 
this which building is, is an HOA which is building. A which is a commonwealth also. This is an right. HOA building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so this is a condo building. It's a different structure, different setup yeah. than, than an HOA. It can be done. But then, you know, is that going to impact your sales value? Is, you know, there's, but there's remember, all different... the, ah, gosh. Yeah, right. yeah. the I, street is not saying no to density. Right. They're saying... No, I know exactly what they're they saying. They're saying we can allow the density if we want. Yeah, sure. But we have this layer to give us some autonomy over governmental policy. Yeah, so HOAs are a very slippery, 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 I can't even say the word. Slippery slope. Slippery slope. I've written a bunch of them. I live in the second largest one in the state of Virginia. What is the largest one? It's up in Reston. Northern, Reston. The city of Reston is actually. It's not dead, it's Reston. <laughs> is actually an HOA. Roger Voisinet's got some insight into this. But but here's the slippery slope on it, folks. You can create all of that stuff, but then that board controls it. And an HOA, based on the state law, again, I know a little bit about this, is actually more restrictive than a local government. You can really set stuff up. I can foreclose on your home way faster than the bank can, way faster than the government can. You know, it's a very, I know what they're trying to do, and I know how they're trying to, to, to control it, but they need to pick up the phone and call somebody like Valerie Long or something. Oh, there's so, attorneys that specialize in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those attorneys are having their phones wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, and that really, one may or may not be the... Um, Roger Voisinet, Chisholm Place was not originally an HOA, and the owners resisted setting up one post-development, mostly due to financial obligations it would create. Yeah. Yep. I will tell you, if Roger answered this, can answer this question, or any other real estate agent that's watching this question. We are now, at least I am, getting a, a bunch of phone calls about, I'm looking for a piece of property that's not in an HOA. Yes. I don't want somebody to tell me what color to paint my house. Don't want, if anybody's seen the Good post, luck with that. Anybody's seen the, it, it, yeah. the posting I did with the fence that had the middle finger stuck yeah. up at yeah, it? Yeah, that was hilarious. For it? Um, you know, people do not want to be told that. But, but when you look at local government, when local government looks at new development, even just carving up land, they, if it's over five lots, they are mandating an HOA because it relieves local government yeah. of, of responsibility. Anything, like any, snow removal, like yeah. common area maintenance, stuff yeah. like that. You yeah. hear what he's saying right there? So um, these, these things are slippery slopes. Dude, it's such a dynamic. It's, I love this stuff I'm gonna, because of I'm it. gonna, It's great for a talk show. I'm going to point out something that is not very pleasant. Gosh. So the house that my daughter bought in Richmond was subdivided in 1909. Guess what's in the deed? Guess what's in the deed? Go ahead, say it. Racial, racial covenants. There's racial covenants in the deed. Although the state has deemed those null and void, there's a real conflict between deed attorneys and the state because the deed is the deed is the deed. That's exactly it right. It reflects what happened at the time. And there are many people that want those stricken from the deeds, but they're not enforceable by well, state, state code. State and federal. State and federal code yeah. has, has made them null and void. But it's there. But it's there. It's there. It's written. There are some here in Charlottesville. Yeah. And I got, the, I got the phone call because I was traveling again and they were closing what was it was it a day that ended in a y no <laughs> funny guy where's the rim shot we got the rim shot Neil <laughs> god i love this guy um vanessa park hill in earliesville queen of earliesville as long as Almaro county's board of supervisor leans toward a growing government the homeowners will continue to see the taxes go up 
If Louisa governs in a more conservative manner, they are less likely to see those same tax increases. Well, Vanessa, I appreciate your comments. She lives in Almaro County in Orleansville. Yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, we're, we're all free market folks at 100%. this table. Um, you know, sometimes you just got to launch well, supporters the, the, of the free market. The question market. becomes one, and this is to Vanessa's point to some extent, um, and, and Earliesville brings it to, to light. Earliesville in 79 was a village. Yeah. And it was deemed a village in the comprehensive plan. Mm -hmm. And you had, a you had a small shopping center there. You had a grocery store and uh, you had uh, some industry. Why should rural area residents be denied the right to get a tank of gas, have to go 30 miles to get a tank of gas? So there's, question. there's a question Great we'll question. throw out to the Internet for either Wednesday or Friday to take a look at it. And maybe you know the answer to this. Um, I've only been involved with creating HOAs from a subdivision perspective, right? Which, as you said, anything over five, you've got to do it. So they're required. To, you're required to do it. I don't know if the city has has the right or the ability to sign off on that. I don't know if the city needs to sign off on these little micro uh, HOAs. I, I don't know the answer to the that. The HOA is a contract between the HOA entity and the property owner. There is no room for the city on that. Really? In, in my understanding of the law. Yeah. I, I, and I, I am not an attorney. Yeah, and I don't and even play one on stay at a Holiday Inn <laughs> Express last night either. But that would be a great question for Valley Long, right? So, so you know, does the city have a say or a sign-off on this? It does in a develop, new development yes, world. Yes, in a new development right? it does. So they literally have to review the HOA document. I don't think document. the city has to. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. But I know in new development stuff, we all got together to do a new condo. Because the HOA basically becomes its own. It's, it's an LLC. Um, the LLC is created in conjunction with a seasoned HOA attorney. Sure. And then you get your neighbors in a presentation. You understand the pros and cons. Sure. Everyone pools their resources. Yep. And when you have less people, it's a little, little bit easier to persuade and make it happen. Sure. Um, so I'm s individual streets. I mean, it, it's very possible, right, that that could happen. I, I just it just feels like there's some planning department requirement that has to sign off on That's that. That's a great question. But but I don't know the answer to that, and we'll work on that between now, either on Wednesday or or Friday, on it. I know from a deve new development condo or new development, That's, they yeah. absolutely do. no doubt. And not only that, they review and approve the HOA docs. Right, because what they want to do is make sure their HOA docs do not conflict with the zoning ordinances. They're greater than, right? Yeah, but they be. can't be less than. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Um, for the sake of time and Judah's um, workflow, eleven thirty-seven. Why don't we have some closing thoughts for both gentlemen? Anywhere you want to go. Perhaps our guest goes first. We we love when you come. Well, I'm happy to to make good on my bet. Um, it is a. Uh, I, I was wrong, and I'm always proud to say, hey, I, I made a bold statement, and I was wrong, and Keith was right. He took the over. Never bet on government to be efficient. Um, <laughs> well, while I'm on that soapbox, uh, please give to the Free Enterprise yeah. Forum, freeenterpriseforum.wordpress.com. Um, we only can do this because we have people who give us money to go to these meetings where there are seats available. I mean, oftentimes, guys, he's the only guy at the meeting. And by oftentimes, I mean what, like 75, 80% of the time. Of the time? Yeah. I mean, he's legitimately the only guy there. Keith Smith. Man, thank you for, the, thank you for living up. Thank you for dropping it off. Um, 
It, it was a pleasure to lose to you. <laughs> Win to you, excuse me. I'm so used to losing. You won. <laughs> I you know. Won. I'm so used to you losing. Won. You're a winner in my book. There you go, buddy. I appreciate, I appreciate my that. My book too, Keith. Uh, my mouth has been watering this whole hour look, looking I mean, at see, that. He bought, not only did Neil pay up, he got top shelf. Yeah. Top shelf. Thank support you. the Free Enterprise Forum. Support the I know I did, forum. so thank you. Um, Judah Wickhauer, props to you. My name is Jerry Miller. The I Love Seville show is up in approximately 50 minutes. Today's show presented by Yes Realty Partners. Thank you kindly for joining us. Take care. Thank you for wandering in, man. That was a, a, that was a, a welcome pleasure. That was so fun. Yeah, that was so fun. Judah knew I was kidding. Did you know that?